welcome to Imagine Me and Mawaryu Penguin Drum. That one's never going to feel good. I'm Panda, <laughs> I'm your host, and I'm here with my co-host, Alice. How you doing, Alice? I'm doing well. I'm also here with Alice's wife, Cass. Hi, Cass. Hello, I am soaking wet from rain. I hope that you were able to change out of your soaking wet clothes before we started recording. For all you know, I could be naked. Uh, yeah, I did change out of like the, the most soaked of them. I am currently in a blanket with a cat nearby. So you say. <laughs> Today we are here to talk about episode three of Mawaru Penguin Drum. Does anyone know what the name of the episode is? Then devour me courageously. Is it really? If I remember correctly. Okay. I thought you may have been punking me for a second, so I just had to check. It sounds like I would be, but yeah. No, that's the actual that's the actual title. Okay, that's fair. This is episode three, Then Devour Me Courageously. And so this is an interesting episode, huh guys? So, how do you all like curry? This is the I I liked curry more before this. <laughs> oh boy. Oh no. Hey, Alice, you want to use apples in curry next time? Because they actually sound like a great idea. Uh, no, I refuse now. That does sound pretty good, though. I really want to do it. I also like the idea of using pork tenderloin as the meat. I know you're not a meat eater, Panda, but, like, you gotta trust me on this one. I believe you. I ate pork tenderloin before I stopped eating most meats, so I believe you. What meat do y'all normally use in curry? Uh, Alice and I actually eat curry either meatless or with uh, chicken. We did use hot dogs once because we had some in our fridge and we needed to use them up. That is extremely fair. I normally either do meatless or like tofu. I have had your butter, your butter tofu, and it is oh the butter the butter tofu. Not to toot my own horn, the butter tofu is incredible. (laughs) The butter tofu is better than what you get at most Indian places. I just used a an actual butter chicken recipe and then just put it put the tofu in instead. It was uh, very simple and very delicious. But yes, we are here to talk about a very curry filled episode and we can watch it as soon as I pull it up and start the Discord call. We probably should have done that before we started recording, huh? Yeah, I know. I just was excited to start and I didn't even think about it, so. I'm doing that now. Thinking about things is for losers. (laughs) I would never. I've never never thought about anything in my entire life. I love that we're both sharp. (laughs) I love that we both synced up. Hey, this is is perfect. This is the new big steppy content we were talking about making. Yeah, surprise. (laughs) This is a gorilla stream. (laughs) Sorry for stealing your podcast again, Panda. (laughs) Mute, mute, mute. None of you are free from sin. None of us are allowed to talk. So we begin in the land of balloon animals. Actually, it's it's another deep sea scape, uh, which means we are probably going to be, uh, if I remember right, we're about to zoom in on Ringo. So the first thing that gets said in this episode is, let's eat. Ringo appears to be dreaming, and her dreams are of a time when she was eating her mother's curry. So... Our listeners are probably all weebs, and I do not need to explain this to them, but for the few who aren't, Japanese curry is very much like a home-cooked comfort food, and it is like, 
I think the culinary equivalent in the U.S. would kind of be the pot roast or the oven roasted chicken. It's like something that everyone's family has a version of. I could see that. Yeah. And apparently this is a very good memory uh, where Ringo's mother was like playing with her at the table because she was a little kid. You know, it's, it's just very sweet. And little Ringo asks her mother what's wrong. And apparently her mother just says she's just really happy. Also, Ringo has a kappa plush. There's a kappa and an otter again next to each other. The Ikuhara playing the longest game. Mr. Ikuhara gave us all the clues. I know. God, it's so cute. The otter's cuter than the kappa too, which is just... But yeah, Ringo's memory appears to be just like having curry with her family. And that's very sweet. We're getting this all through audio as we move through like a seascape version of her bedroom. Yeah, it's the the seascape that we have come to associate with Ringo and her her mind palace, as it were. And I will say it, this, what's on screen right now, butthole. I was going to say anemone, but uh, yeah, yeah, that is. I mean, it, it is an anemone, but. That is the sphincter of the ocean. <laughs> I'm so angry that you said that. Uh, I wish I could make that the episode title, but I will not. I'm filled with rage. <laughs> anyway, Ringo loves her mother and her father and Curry. We see a picture of them and it's really cute. The Curry's in the picture. Yeah. God, those are such big stuffies. I know. I have an otter that actually looks a lot like that, but uh, I don't remember if he has a shell or not. Yeah. I don't think so. Also, Ringo went hard on the sea theme here. I talked before about how her um, the image on the front of her journal is probably a reference to the uh, Palace of the Water Dragon, but mm-hmm. like her little jewelry display that's like shaped like coral, the seashell-shaped perfume bottle, like the pale blue on the walls. This girl wants to be. Tell me, you're you want to be a marine biologist without telling me. Yeah, there's like a, it looks like an octopus plush on the floor and maybe some like bubbles on the walls with like fish and seahorse in them. Yep. And now it's theme song time. Yep. I do love this song. I also love the little rotating 3D penguin animation that's like intentionally a little bit stiff. Yeah. I just realized that the brothers are Blue Oni and Red Oni. Yes, they are. Hmm. So Ringo is working her rear off to stir something. She's got the little stars swirling around her. Yep. And it turns out, sorry, I forgot this. She didn't stir nothing. She poured chocolate syrup onto a slice of toast. Is it chocolate syrup? I know it's some sort of toast condiment, but I couldn't figure out what it was, I guess. I think it's chocolate. Okay. But yeah, she writes her name, and presumably that's the teacher's first name, or... Yep, and puts a heart around it, and now it's chow time. Anyway, Ringo's mom is going to be late, and she has an important meeting tonight. So, eat dinner without me, Ringo. She notes, it's the 20th. I know, I'll eat curry out tonight. Can you eat out tonight with your friends? Ringo starts to protest, but then uh, loses her nerve. Yep, and kind of points out that her mom forgot and left one of her curlers in. So apparently Ringo's mom is just, yeah, Ringo's mom is just dipping on the family tradition of curry night. Well, there was a curler in it. I was like, oh, hey, I just like suddenly had flashbacks to my mom having curlers in. Yeah, my Amazing. mom also makes extensive use of curlers. 
My mom did not. Every 20th day of the month is curry day. It is a rule in Ringo's house. But today's different. Why is today different, Cass? Because today is the day that he will eat my curry for the very first time. The A-plot of this episode is Ringo desperately trying to make sure that her weird teacher crush... Oh my god. I will grind the carrot that he... The carrots that he hates... And had plenty of the potatoes he loves, the secret flavor is apple jam. Which honestly sounds like a great addition to curry. It does sound really good. It may not look pretty, but it doesn't matter. I'm sure it'll make him happy. So what is this also on the toast? That's the jam, but is that, like, what is the... So she got it out of a container, so I'm not sure. That could be some kind of vanilla type thing, like a vanilla pudding. Or it could be... Japanese mayo because it is thinner and sweeter. On chocolate and jam? Look, Japanese mayo is very cursed. Yeah, but... (laughs) I'm not... All mayo is cursed, to be clear. But, like, Japan's love affair with mayonnaise is something that I, a foreigner, cannot understand and why I will never be able to integrate, among other things. Why, like, mayonnaise fine and even like i especially like kewpie mayo is great but like i just hmm it might not be mayonnaise hopefully that's like a vanilla spread we have no idea it listeners if you know what the fuck she put on her toast please let us know is that bread even toasted um i i don't know She, she folded it earlier it might not even be toasted well it could be just lightly toasted i guess but that was a pretty clean fold she says that he and I are bound by fate. Once again. Anyway, survival strategy literally before we even see the brothers. Yeah, we get a very early. Survival tactic! <laughs> Just, we're, we're gonna go straight to Penguin Drum Land. Uh, Alex, are you gonna be rocking out to this song as well? Should I be worried? <laughs> no. I mean, this song does rule, though. We got an exterior shot of the house and then just immediately it's survival tactic time. And yeah, uh, Rock Over Japan rules and I've had it stuck in my head for several days. Because I I listened to the chiptune version that I use as our theme song when I'm editing the episode. Like, I'll listen to it as I, like, I am at that part in the episode. And so it just stays in my head. This sequence is so good. Mm-hmm. And so just inexplicable. Listen, you low lives will never amount to anything. What? 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 Again, we get the exact same shots. Obtain the penguin drum. I think it's interesting that you like usually in Ikahara shows the repeated sequences, you don't have as many repeated sequences that involve dialogue. I normally, well, I guess there are some in Utanab. There are some, but they're not. A, there's not a lot of it. I normally associate it with stuff set to music, but we get a lot of uh, sequences in this show that are repetitive. And you know, actually, Yuri Kuma does that too because the bear court stuff, the bear court stuff early on is like always the same lines, so it can evolve over time. Mm, that's fair. I wonder if uh, I wonder if that'll happen here. Speaking of evolving over time, the brothers challenge Gimari and, like, accuse her of doing some kind of grand-scale illusion to mess with them. (laughs) I know you get bored when you're home alone, but how are you going to be normal again if you keep playing with these illusions? I'm not sure I 
Because this is definitely a thing she could just do herself. Himari, st- please stop being a wizard. Uh, the princess of the crystal says, so you fools still don't believe in my existence? This, by the way, this bit that she's about to do fully took me out earlier. <laughs> yep. It's an impressive illusion, though. Like, Shil obviously doesn't believe it. I can't tell if Kamba does or not. I see. So even lower life forms are capable of suspicion. She's still stepping toward them doing the uh, usual... I would Magical call girl striptease. Anyway, I shall drink this now. She is basically a fucking milk down. Striptease with milk. It's yeah. Just... What she is going to do is drink a milk. Bottle of milk. And she has a cow, Kigu. Yeah, it's really cute. And I started laughing so hard because I <laughs> forgot about this completely. Uh, she says, your sister couldn't drink milk, if I remember correctly. So this is the way that she proves that she's not actually Humari, is that she can process dairy. <laughs> I- I'm just gonna fucking down milk like no one's business. Oh, uh, okay. I get- oh, yeah. This is, I forgot about this, that she, um, well, one, I forgot that she was allergic to milk and that was the point of this. And two, I forgot that she dressed up like a cow. It's so funny. It's so good. Bitch, she is, in fact, a cow. Uh, so she just downs, like, three bottles. I feel like dressing up as a cow to do this makes it weirder. I will note, we only saw the animation for three of them, but there are... Six empty bottles. Six empty bottles in front of her. And they were all full before, so presumably she did just drink six bottles of milk in a row? I mean, they're not, like, the largest bottles, but they are... that's, That's at least a gallon of milk down her. At least a whole half gallon, for sure. Yeah, but that might be a whole gallon, because that's six pints right there. Okay, yeah, I guess those are pints. Anyway, she burps. <laughs> and the boys are like, that's so cool, you tried, you learned how to drink milk. You practiced not being lactose intolerant oh, without telling us. Oh, yeah. I think the implication here is that she just doesn't like milk, but like... Oh, maybe so. They're being adorably condescending, and, uh, anyway, this scene was funny, right? This was a really funny thing, you know, it's, it's funny that the boys are, like, joking about not having to worry about our calcium intake. Ha ha. Oh, we are having a wheeze. Uh, okay, Princess of the Crystal just goes like, alright, well, y- you really want me to undercut the hilarity of this scene? Fine. You leave okay. me no choice. You leave me no choice but to traumatize you again. Witness the nightmare once more, you imbeciles. She takes off the hat, and Himari is immediately just stoned down on the ground in the costume. The lights that are overhead go off. All of the rotating parts of the background stop rotating. Himari isn't breathing. The boys just realize, oh, fuck. Okay, it is magic. <laughs> that... she, she is gonna die without this hat. Yep. They put the hat back on her. Everything starts back up again. Princess of the Crystal revives and just goes like, do you see where you stand now? (laughs) And (laughs) our fucking boy, oh my god, I've forgotten their names all of a sudden. Shoma. Shoma just slips on a banana peel. Doing a fantastic backward uh, pratfall. And as he protests that, you know, she's forcing them to do things by blackmailing them, that's unfair, he gets trapdoored again. And notably, we saw that the penguin was eating bananas, so he was responsible for the banana peel. Yeah, penguin, penguin one is. Anyway, it's time to initiate the survival strategy. 
I assumed that was Penguin 2 because that's Shoma's Penguin. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's Penguin 2. I'm sorry. We used to Penguin 1 and 2 again. <laughs> we get the subway gates again. And they're going yep. to... Igashi Koenji. Yes. We see Ringo and her uh, Gyaru friend on uh, the train again. Yep. Well, you know what time it is. Gyaru is such a fun word, by the way. <laughs> anyway, the boys are just like, oh, no. Okay, she left. It's time to do a home invasion. Oh, my God. Red hair brother name, please. Kanba. Kanba. I am so bad at their names. Kanba just fucking came here with white gloves and literally a lockpick set. You'll get better at the names because I also had the same problem when we were doing Yuri Kuma the first time. <laughs> That's fair. Anyway, she was like, bro, you can't, you can't do illegal things. He's like, hey, it would be dumb if we didn't do illegal things. Our sister's life is on the line. Also, Penguin 1 has a fucking bandana and some fucking bolt clippers. It's really cute. Uh, Penguin 2 continuing to use the bug spray. To just knock out, like, the one cockroach that's following them forever. Yeah. The only question is how far we're willing to go. Everything I know about lockpicking, I learned from Elder Scrolls. Uh, yeah, uh, it turns out that Kamba does, in fact, have a uh, rank 80 in lockpicking at least, and he doesn't break the pick, and the door's <laughs> open. He offers some gloves to Shoma and goes, for Himari, and Shoma- Man, Tokoi just cannot take a, catch a break, can he? Second <laughs> like anime in a row where he is has to do uh, dangerous things with dangerous older brother figures. Uh, Penguin number two just yeets himself off Shoma's shoulders to continue exploring, while the group basically just illegally search the house. And Shoma just worries that you know we're really starting to look like thieves. Kaba points out the Penguin drum really is here. That's what they will be. <laughs> we'll be thieves, bro. Yeah, with any luck. Shoma sees that it's curry day on the calendar on the wall. Yep. And Penguin number two just excitedly just downs an entire jar of pickled plums, which that's adorable. <laughs> Meanwhile, the girls at Himari's school are talking about the hottie from the train, which, as you all remember, is Kanba. <laughs> uh, while her friends gossip about the train hottie, Inga's just watching, apparently... Uh, Kamba is Asami Kuho's ex-boyfriend. Who is Asami Kuho? Who knows? She is, I believe, a celebrity, which they are about to tell us. Oh. Uh, Gyaru says, wait, you don't know? She's in that magazine called Sixteen. Oh, yeah, she's a model. Yep. Ringo just sort of, like, eats her sandwich and stares off into the distance. I have been there when people are having conversations. Apparently, uh, it was not Kuho who dumped him. It was Kanba who dumped her. So Kamba was dating a model and dumped her. And his reason for dumping her was girls who are nothing but a pretty face are no fun. And Ringo just says potatoes, carrots, celery, and pork. She's just making her grocery list. Hey, she makes the the same way I do. (laughs) Anyway, it's Ringo's room. And Shoma protests, we seriously shouldn't go into a girl's room. The penguin drawn is her personal belonging. It's going to be in her room. I mean, he's got a point. But it's a girl's private room. I feel bad for her, says Shoma. I mean, Kamba is unethical, not stupid. And Kamba <laughs> just straight up goes like, bruh, she is literally a stalker who spent last night under some dude's house. He calls her a total freak. Yep. Which is so much better. And she also bugged his room. 
<laughs> Meanwhile, the penguin that was eating plums continues to eat more plums. So many pickled plums. Pickled plums are salty. I've never had a pickled plum. That is what I've heard about them. They're like tangy and salty. Hmm. Yeah, they're kind of more of a savory thing. Kanba says that if Shoma can't do it, then he will. And he opens the door. Uh, Shoma is unable to stop him. And looks away, closing his eyes, guilty that he might be about to see into a woman's room. Kanba just fully pulls his head in. They stare in a way that just makes it abundantly clear that these designs were, in fact, drawn by a boy's love artist. <laughs> and Kanba says, save your innocence for Himari, which is... A weird what? thing to say! Uh, Kanba, hey! What's that Kanba? mean? Hey, Kanba, buddy, what does that mean? <laughs> Kanba? Kanba? Kanba! Uh, Shoma is so, like, weirded out by that, he can't even follow them into the room. Oh, I think it is, uh, it's penguin number two that's eating the plums. Yeah, Because it, it, it penguin is. number one followed Kanba into Ringo's room. I almost said Ginko, I swear to God. Ginko is not in this show, and it would have been improved by her presence in this video essay. Of the I, I'm glad for her that she's not in this show. <laughs> it, it's better for her, but it would have been better for the world. That's true. In fact, it would be better for the world if Ginko was in every show. I don't disagree. Penguin 2 is choking on the plums. Anyway, Ringo just leans in very hard to the camera, and they just do this thing where, like, the animation emulates a fisheye lens, which is great. She, she does the, yon- the yandere fisheye lens right at the camera. She is uh, evaluating which penguin brand curry to buy. No, and I don't I- think they're all penguin brand. I think I- this is just... The oh, one with the penguin on it. So she has bought apples. Actually, let's can we back up and look at that car, at that basket real fast? We can. We did not get a long enough look at that basket. Yeah. So let's see here. Uh, pork tenderloin, onions, celery, apples. Uh, that looks like a bag of potatoes underneath the tenderloin, which is one of the core things, and carrots. And there is also something in a bag, uh, which see. I don't recognize. No, I don't recognize it either. Yeah, it, you, it's probably a, a normal grocery that if like you're Japanese, you will recognize instantly by the packaging, but I really can't make it out here. We might be able to see a better shot of it once she starts actually cooking the curry, which we will see. So for viewers who don't know, Japanese curry is made usually using a store-bought curry paste. It comes in little bricks, and you break them up after you've stir-fried the ingredients and then uh, let them basically steep in boiling water for a while. You turn off the heat, you break the curry paste in, you stir it up, and congratulations, you've got yourself a curry. Pour yourself a plate of rice, throw the curry on the other half of the plate, eat up. Uh, The traditional ingredients are... The meat is flexible. It can be made with beef, pork, or chicken, but the accoutrements that are, like, standard for it are potatoes, carrots, onions, and usually celery. Anyway, what exactly is the Penguin Drum? The characters ask three episodes into the show, Mawaru Penguin Drum. Will we really find it by aimlessly searching for it? I mean, that's all I'm, I find things, usually. While Shoma is saying this, Penguin number two is looking at the camera with his face puckered up in pain. And it, it is turned purple because he is choking on the plums. <laughs> Still choking on the plums. He's also, I think, maybe a little bit dehydrated because, again, the plums are salty. <laughs> 
Penguin number one, meanwhile, is determined and has begun searching and has found something sparkling, which he grabs. I might, I think that might be one of Ringo's uh, bras. Yeah, we're about to find out. Anyway, Ringo's home. So while Kanpa and Shoma are arguing about the ethics of breaking into a girl's home, girl's coming home. <laughs> yep, there it is. It is underwear and a magazine. Kanva barely pays attention to that. He just, like, kind of yeets the penguin away. <laughs> and declares the hero who finds the penguin drum and saves him, Mari, will be me. This is enough to break Shoma down and get him to start actually searching. But, oops, Ringo's home. Good thing she's classic blunder. Coming home. <laughs> uh, good, thing that she, good thing that she's monomaniacal and only cares about curry. Yep. Today is curry day. The boys hide behind a couch, and Kanba decides this is a good opportunity to spy even more. <laughs> she might let her guard down and let something slip. Uh, notably, Shoma's penguin, still choking, now drooling some. You know, the first food cooked by humans may have been curry, according to Ringo. She is monologuing about curry as she begins her mise en She has doffed the vest from her school uniform and put on an apron so that she may curry more efficiently. She says that the very first curry must have been made by a girl for the person she loves. Very inclusive subtitles here. I mean, that is literally what she says. She does say, uh, I believe the word she uses is onnanoko. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so we've got potatoes, onion, apple, carrot. Yep. For the record, Alice, we should actually fry apples in our curry. Can you imagine like a Danny Smith apple, just like really tart? Ringo says that curry has the taste of happiness. I will confirm it does actually have the taste of happiness. Seasoning the meat and ground apples so it remains tender. That's our family's secret recipe. So the apples are actually ground up and used as a marinade, basically. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, like that, I don't see why that wouldn't work. That's weird as hell, dog. Sounds good. Saute the roux separately with cumin, then add the other ingredients. I love the boiling sound, the whispers of the ingredients as they try to get tastier in order to make him happy. As terrifying as Ringo is, this is the dere side of the Yandere equation. <laughs> this is very sweet. Thank you for subscribing to Curry Facts. <laughs> Did you know that Japanese curry was originally introduced to the islands by the British? As in fact, essentially a kind of signature meal of Japanese sailors since the 19th century. Did you look up the Wikipedia page for curry? I have known that for quite a while. She actually I looked, looked that up when you were starting to learn to make Japanese curry at home. <laughs> yes, and now I know. You want to know more? Ringo says it's just like a mother whispering to her baby between lullabies. Anyway, there are burbs on the uh, power lines outside as we see this gorgeous exterior shot of the city. Very cute. Whispering, I love you. Let's be together forever. I'm going to go on a limb and say that I think that Ringo's problem is that her mother and or father, because I can't remember if they're both still alive. We don't know about her father, but her mom yeah. definitely is. I'm getting a sense of maybe a bit of neglect here. Just a little bit. Just a bit. Yeah, it's becoming more and more obvious that, like, Part of Ringo's going wild for Tabuki is the fact that she has displaced a lot of affection that would normally be coming from and going to her family members or friends onto this guy. Yeah, 
That's why you have to eat curry with the person you love, who you want to be together with forever. If you don't be together forever with the curry person, life has failed you. (laughs) That's the rule. Anyway, time for a flashback. It's the Oganome family apartment. Ringo is 11 years old. That curry day, Tabuki seemed radiant. Our fate has been written in stone since that day. So here is where we get the beginnings of her crush, apparently. I believe Ringo... What age are are the characters? I believe Ringo is 16 now, so this would have been five years ago. Yeah. So Tabuki was graduating from high school then. So the age gap between them is pretty high, but it's not as high as it initially looks. So that explains some stuff. Not a lot of stuff, but some stuff. It makes slightly more sense because it is hard to gauge how old he's supposed to be or how old any anime characters are supposed to be a lot of the time. This does mean he's he's in his early 20s. Yes. Present. Which is still uh, inappropriate, obviously. Deeply inappropriate. Like, it is not okay to stalk someone because they're in their 20s. No. But it does mean that, like, Ringo is fixating on someone who is at least remotely in striking distance of her own age, a little bit, kind of. Yeah, because I kind of thought he was, like, 30s-ish when I saw him the first time, so... Yeah, I immediately went, wow, this guy's pushing 40. He's just, like, a silver fox. And it's like, <laughs> no. No, he, he is, in fact, 23 years old or so. And honestly, I mean, like, a younger, like, a an adolescent having a crush on a... Uh, like high schooler like a young adolescent having a crush on a high schooler is definitely a thing that happens yeah it's not even uncommon no not at all i mean we're basically watching cardcaptor soccer right now (laughs) that you know actually that is like basically the age difference between sakura and yukito so yeah yeah it tastes great as usual so tabaki used to be basically a family friend from what i'm i'm gathering here yeah, me too. Because uh, he's on first name basis with with uh, Ringo's mom, which like I know why his hair bothers me now. Yeah. Every time I see his hair, I'm like, oh, it's like a different. It's like a parallel Anthony. Oh God. It's it's just the hair. I don't know why. It's because it's the right color and it's it's the little the little. Oh, uh, you know what it is? It looks just enough like Deimos. You mean Dios? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I'm sitting here like, Deimos. Is Deimos? Oh, I'm, I'm going to hell. <laughs> Dig me a grave to put me in. I also get the impression that Ringo's mom might be flirting with this kid. You know, like, daughter, like, mom. Anyway, back to the present. Ringo's apron, which I have not commented on until now, has a little... It, it also has an ocean theme, because, like, the straps are starfish. And the rest are the waves, and there's a little starfish. In the Man, center. she'd be so likable if she weren't also, like, burrowing under this guy's house. Well, I mean, isn't it, like, kind of the case that a lot of times people who are very likable are also, like, kind of insane? Alice, wouldn't you like me if I burrowed under your house? I mean, I already like you, which is why, yes, but also, do not do that. We don't own, we don't own, it's a department. But if I burrow under it, I could listen to you breathing. No, you listen wouldn't. Listen to I'm her breathing right now. 
You can literally do that by coming into this room. And also, we're it's built on loam, so you'll just collapse. You'll actually be able to hear her breathing more in the same domicile <laughs> than underneath the apartment building. I just want Alice to confess she'd love me even if I was a Yandere. Would you love me even if I was a worm? Would you, would you love me even <laughs> if I was a I would love you even if you were a Yandere. Yay, I can finally commit murder in security. So happy. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> it's done. The curry is done, and Shoma is openly drooling over the curry. So is Penguin number two, despite the fact that, once again, it is still choking. The, the plums have stricken it. Its, uh, its pupils are flashing. Anyway... Shoma wants that curry real bad. He says it smells great. And unfortunately, the noise he made may or may not have alerted Ringo because he is pushed right back down under the couch and Ringo fully had like a uh, dare straight to Yan uh, <laughs> there. Kama calls him an idiot and tells him to learn to control his stomach. And he pinches his nose with like his soft foot, which is he great. pinches Shoma's nose with his foot. I'd like to note that, like, the brothers fully 100% are doing, like, a break-in crime here, and both of them had the presence of mind to make sure they took their shoes off when they went into the apartment. <laughs> Look, like, Japanese rituals are important. I mean, I don't know, like, I'm not gonna knock it. I, res- I respect that level of, of dexterity. I could barely walk in a straight line. So Ringo approaches and sits on the couch. They are uh, really sweating. But she opens. We see the other cover of her diary has a turtle, like on the other side. Mm-hmm. Which is, I think, another reference to a Japanese fairy tale about the ocean. Oh, okay. Um, oh my god. Uh, blanking on his name here, there was a very famous tale of a fisherman who is taken to the Dragon Palace under the sea and has the chance to live there forever, misses his parents, uh, gets given a box, told not to open it, uh, goes home, discovers his parents have died, ends up opening the box, and his old age was inside. And it catches up with him, and he withers and dies almost instantly. What does that have to do with the turtle? Uh, it, it's probably more... There's a couple of things that could be here. My theory is probably the fact that Ringo... Ringo has kind of an ocean theme here. The ocean stuff connects to the penguins... The Dragon Palace kind of connects the whole life-death thing that they have going on with the show. And also, the fisherman gets to go to the Dragon Palace because the girl there falls in love with him. So it is a doomed romance. Okay. She says the project has advanced to the next stage. There's nothing to worry about. Everything is happening as written by fate. What does she mean by that? What has this poor penguin been doing? Obviously, it's a trap. Of course. A very clever trap laid there by Ringo. Of course. A, a sign of things to come, I assume, when Ringo... Wait a minute. Um, Can we scroll back? Image enhanced. I need to know something. Does it have book? Does it have individual pages? Because I can see what looks like a cover there. That might not be a magazine. I think that is a glue trap for rodents. Okay. Oh, actually, that's kind of funny. You're lol. Anyway, we're back on the train. A random person says, hey, is it me or does it smell? Anyway, it's time for today's uh, public service announcement from uh, Double H. 
who just spray off a person who smells bad and wash him with a broom. Yeah. The the person speaking says that the smell smells like something foreign and the PSA that Double H are giving is about like not stinking up the train car, basically, which is, yep. you know, a reasonable concern. Um, good hygiene on the train or Double H will like just kick you off. Kick you up. Yeah. Meanwhile, Ringo is holding her curry. And I don't know why they are like, why does it smell foreign in here? Guys, that is Japanese curry. She got it from the grocery store. <laughs> Kanba and Shoma wonder where she trying to take that curry anyway. And we find out it's Ogikubo. It may not be an ordinary curry. For example, the mixture of the spice could be a code of sorts. This is all Kanba's speculation about what Ringo could be doing nefariously with her curry. And you know, it sounds silly, but after watching Spy Family, the idea that the mixture of spices could be a code does sound like something that Twilight's spy agency or whatever would come up with. Oh, from oh, oh from uh, Spy X Family? Yes, it does. Yes. It absolutely sounds like a Spy X Family bit. Well, you don't pronounce the X. It's just Spy Family. Oh, no, I, I know. I refuse to say it correctly on purpose. As I'm tired of mangas and animes and whatnot putting X's in things, and then expecting me not to say them. So I'm going to keep saying the X until she was hurt by Hunter it. Hunter very harshly as a young girl. You have to excuse her. <laughs> anyway, perhaps that curry itself may be the penguin drum. I hope not. Yeah, oh yeah, I was yeah, right. Okay, yeah, that uh, is a rodent trap. Yeah. The uh, penguin number two, still choking, but walking now. And penguin number one, still stuck in the, rat- <laughs> the mouse trap. It looks like an ordinary pot of curry to me. And then Shoma realizes they're heading to Tabuki's house. I mean, where else would they be going? Number one, I just want to talk about how dense the houses are in this little block. But how mm-hmm. cute they are in spite of that. Yeah. Anyway, time to knock at uh, Tabuki's door. Uh, this seems to be a row house, actually, now that I look at it. So he is living, he kind of has his own place, but also it's kind of a, a row house. Hey, Ringo, how you doing? He says, opening the door, and she's blushing and presents him with her curry. She says, says, I thought we could share it. And then he takes a bite. It's really good. I'll take a spoonful of curry and eat it. Oh, my God. Praises her for being a great cook. Says she'd definitely make a good wife. She's blushing. And it is about this point I realized this was a fantasy sequence. She offers to make something for the bird watching group next time. You'll make a great wife someday. It's like, oh, that doesn't make me feel terrible. Just deeply not good. I, I love, by the way, the fact that this is just, this is, I can tell this is a fantasy sequence, but only because of some of the lighting. Because the dialogue here, as much as Ringo is imagining this all, is not unrealistic for something that could be said between her and Tabuki. He doesn't have to be romantically interested in her. You say the lines he's saying here. Yeah, it's very funny how grounded her little fantasy is. Yep. She would do anything for Tabuki. And then and this is when we realize. And then she realizes she still has it knocked at the door. So she knocks. And it's a woman who thought Tabuki was back. Hey, remember that blonde one from the opening? 
Her fucking face, Lamel. <laughs> this face is great. Yeah, Ringo's I face here is great. new avatar. <laughs> I want to. I want to. I want to use that image and like badly Photoshop on some shitty like fox ears, and now be your new avatar. Yes. <laughs> Kama's just like that's a surprise. Tabuki actually has his own woman. He bought her at the grocery store. <laughs> Showa Kama's that the stalker ran into the girlfriend. Uh, Kamba speculates that this is a showdown. The girlfriend offers uh, Ringo something to drink, apparently. Yep, and uh, Ringo's just destroyed emotionally. Uh, apparently, Kamba's not home yet. It, uh, uh, no, uh, Tabuki. Tabuki's not home yet. I love this uh, pan-up shot of the girlfriend here for a couple of reasons. Number one, it's just an easy way to get her in profile, and number two... Remember, like, in episode two, when Ringo was weirdly obsessing over that one lady's boobs? Yeah. This is just emphasizing without having to linger on that shot that this woman is everything she wishes she were. Yeah. She is absolutely devastated and realizes there is curry on the stove. This woman is making Tabuki a curry and invites Ringo to join. Damn. Apparently, it's curry day today absolutely blown the fuck out. Never recovered. Isn't he strange? He's like a child, she says. Cannot believe that you've been out curry-maxed, Ringo. Ringo thinks to herself, there's no way you can understand the fate that binds me and Tabuki. Uh, they, they hear a knock at the door. It must be him this time. Who knocks at the door of their own house? Maybe she locked it. When that just occurred to me. That is weird, actually. Why do brought... we have a key? I have no idea, actually. It is very weird. Maybe, did I <laughs> didn't have the audio on. Did she actually hear a knock, or did he, like, I don't know. I, I have no I idea, know. actually. We're, okay, we're, we're gonna have to do this. Back it up. I will play the scene with the audio for the last three seconds, and I will tell us. Okay. I heard a knock. Okay, yeah, so he just knocked on his own door. Tabuki, <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Ringo is obviously devastated. Ringo is destroyed because not only has her plan been ruined, but she's discovered that Tabuki is the kind of weirdo who knocks at his own door to tell everyone he's coming. <laughs> I think I finally found a real. I realize now why Yandere Simulator is still not done. Ringo obviously is the real dove. <laughs> she's still not over this. She says Tabuki has to eat my curry today. And so she comes up. With a brilliant plan. A brilliant plan. It's curry day. So while Tabuki is talking with his girlfriend and showing off the yogurt she has, Ringo screws her courage to the sticking place, stands up, and dashes to the kitchen, where she unwraps her pot, which looks almost just like the the main one, grabs the big pot off the stove, replaces it with hers, and then dips. And she is gone. Even though she had long sleeves, it did not occur to her to use them to cover her hands when she picked up the pot that had been sitting on the stove. Well, she, yes. was, she was too busy, like, hyperfixating on how brave she was about to be. Yeah. Anyway, Tabuki's girlfriend goes to apologize to that nice high schooler who came over <laughs> and realizes she has dipped and forgot to drink her juice. Fabulous facts. Yeah. So, does she say this? I don't remember. I don't 
under I couldn't tell when I watched this earlier and notably the words fabulous max are in rainbow subtitles which is very different from the regular subtitles which are just like white text I don't understand why this choice was made I don't understand what this means anyway it's fabulous max day I'm gonna google fabulous max real quick What are you going to get as results here? Uh, the only thing I'm getting is stuff for Penguin Drum. So apparently it's just a thing that people say in this show and we will get more of it as the show goes on. So we will, it'll be up to us to determine what the fuck Fabulous Max is or means. Perhaps Fabulous Max is the blonde one. Perhaps Fabulous Max was the real friend. Perhaps she is Fabulous too, the Max. And so I, I, I think this is just supposed to be the universe congratulating Ringo on Ocean's Elevening her curry in there. Anyway. Also, by the way, the music in this episode is really good. Yeah, the music in all the episodes is really good. Like, this show is very music forward in a way that is super interesting. Yep. Ringo heads home, sadly alone. As she carries the other woman's curry. She managed to get Tabuki to eat her curry in, and she says, it's all fine. She abandoned her shoes to do this. Yeah, because she took off her shoes when she got to Tabuki's apartment and went inside, but did not grab them before she made her escape. Yeah, those stockings are ruined now. She says that woman is nothing compared to our bond. Everything is going according to the plan. Not All a according problem. to Keikaku. Ringo is deeply in denial, and a cat arrives with a fish. An angry cat. They really snarl at her. <laughs> and she imagines Tabuki's girlfriend as a giant, terrifying kitty woman eating fish Tabuki, who she is playing with the head of. Amazing. a little smile. And what an image. Roses. Can we just, I just want to bask in this image for a moment. I want to do like a Ver Herzog meets like Slavoj Zizek, just like sniff monologue about how this image means something. And I just can't come up with anything to describe how deranged this is. (laughs) This is literally just, you went on DeviantArt and got ideas for this from literal DeviantArt kink groups. It's okay. You could just admit it. Like, I, I get it. We've all we've all I been. I know what site. looks like. I know things about Ikihara I did not know before, and do not wish to know. Every show we learn new horrible things about this man. <laughs> well, uh, there we go. Uh, that was the title for y'all. Now <laughs> you courageously, you thieving cat. So Ringo gets mad at the cat. <laughs> okay, so what's going on there? If y'all aren't aware, Dorobo Neko. Uh, is a common insult in Japan. Oh, is it? Yeah, thieving cat is an actual common term for a habitual or, you know, just absolutely worthless thief. It's like calling someone a klepto. I mean, cats are sneaky and also possess literally zero morals or qualms. I feel like maybe this has come up before. Yeah, so this is... (gasps) I know where this came up before. This was in the Yurikuma manga. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Lulu calls Kareha a thieving cat. Yeah. Uh, so what's going on here is 
she has seen a cat that is stealing a fish and has connected into in her head to the idea of this woman who she thinks of as a thieving cat who is stealing her man's. Because the cat is carrying around a fish. Yes. The cat's like, what the fuck? Cat dips. Cat doesn't want to be part of this anymore. Ringo starts to cry and it's really sad. But fortunately for her, the one positive thing that's about to enter her life is now about to enter it. And we see... It's Himari time! Himari complaining about how her brothers are useless and they skipped school again. And her hair is in little pom-poms. Oh my god. is the cutest right here. Yeah, it like Cass said, her hair is up in little pom-poms and she has on little overalls and she and her penguin Sunny are walking home with some groceries and it is so precious. She looks like a Yurikuma character now. <laughs> the cat has charged. Himari sentences the boys to no dinner tonight. That's their punishment for they skipping skip school, school again. again. Anyway, that cat slams right into Sunny, body checks her. This poor penguin tosses the fish. The fish smacks Himari in the forehead. Yep, causing incredibly high damage. The two yeah. Instantly, no constitution. Sunny uh, is... The penguin is activated. Immediately on that fish and starts to eat it. That is a bluefin. Uh, Himari... <laughs> Himari's protesting, no, don't eat fish off the ground. And she's pulling the fish out of Sunny's mouth. The cat attacks. The cat can see the penguins. Oh yeah, I didn't even... Wait, hold up. How the fuck does that happen? Does that work? Uh, well, That's you see... Family. The the rule in Ikuhara verse is that oh my god the cats are that cat is related to them. <laughs> How is that work? your family? How is the cat related biologically to them? The rule in Ikuhara verse is that something is allowed to happen if it is funny. Counterpoint: Ikuhara is weird, and he is a bastard man. That cat is related to them somehow, and I'm going to find out. Okay. That's that's my prediction. My two predictions are that the boys aren't real and that the cat is related to, to Himari somehow. Continue. I like that you're really swinging for the fences. Yeah, the, the cat is dribbling Sunny downhill right toward Ringo, who Himari tells to watch out just in time for her to get body checked, lose the curry, which spills all over everything. And Notably, out of a heap. spills all over... Ringo's entire head and the ground surrounding it. It looks like a fucking um horror show. Uh the cat is dead, the penguin is dead, Ringo is dead, everyone's dead. Himari can only apologize. The pot mercifully lands far enough away not to kill anyone. The boys speculate on an exterior shot of their home at night that Himari must be mad. Yeah. Okay. It, it is dark by the time they get home, so Himari is pissed. Or gonna be pissed. They arrive back to their little patchwork lean-to. So they failed at tailing Ringo, found out nothing about the penguin drum, and they're gonna get scolded by Himari. Kaba's sitting there, like, broken emotionally as he realizes his entire plan of breaking into Ringo's home has failed, and he is both a criminal and has gained nothing useful. 
I'm just getting wildly flustered over the idea of getting scolded by his little sis, and I don't want to think about that. So yeah, not know. only did their entire day amount to nothing, now they're going to get yelled at. They rock, paper, scissors to see who has to open the sliding door first. And it's obviously Shoma who loses. Uh, Himari just inside devolves into a monstrous caricature to yell that they are late. She is uh, rightfully pissed. She has a bandage on her forehead. Uh, this this screen right here is very cute. It really is. And she is flanked by two gods of judgment and one of them is an octopus. It's very cute. So poor, poor Shola just like falls to his knees apologizing. Sunny is also there. She has a plate uh, piled high with rice on her head. It's very cute. Anyway... Himari's making an exception today for their lateness and crimes. Right, Ringo? And she announces that her brothers are home. And apparently, she has befriended Ringo, who is now dressed in a little hoodie. And it looks like she was not wearing that when she got there, so I'm pretty sure uh, Himari lent her some clothes. Yeah, the boys are shocked to say the least that... Ringo is just in their fucking kitchen. Yep. And Ringo and Himari have begun making curry. It's very cute. They've decided to make curry. I heard today was curry day. (laughs) Today was curry day. Shoma asks, what exactly is going on here? Curry day. And Kamba says, don't ask me. Kamba refuses to answer, though he knows. What did she just put down there? He put down one of their family photos, I think. Yeah. Oh, oh, I I understand what's going on there. I should, but I do, because I got spoiled. Oh, hmm. Yeah. No, I cannot explain what's going on there. Okay. You all have to wait. And I assume that he simply does not wish his parents to see the evils, the, uh, the girl that he is doing crimes against. Or to be exposed to the girl who is doing crimes against everyone else. Something like that. It also looks, because you see him doing the motion twice, even though we don't see him doing it both times, he might have put down both of the photos of their family that their parents are visible in that are on that shelf. Yeah, I think that's the implication. Yep, and Shoma actually gives him a sidelong glance. He has noticed this, but he has not stopped him. Anyway, special Honey Apple Curry Night tonight, Himari announces as she opens it up. Wait a minute, special Honey Apple? This was a Yurikuma the whole time! This was a secret Yurikuma the whole time. I love how they look like fucking kids. Yeah. Blown away by how tender the meat is. Penguin number one still can't get the rat trap off his face. The other two are devouring the curry. Himari mentions that it must be nice that uh, Ringo's mom taught her to make the curry. Shoma says, I've been craving curry all day. (laughs) Gee, I wonder why. How did you know, Himari? To which she responds, we're family after all. Right, Ringo? And Ringo admits, that's right. You must be happy, Himari. You're sharing curry with people you love. That's how you're supposed to eat curry. She says, Ringo, I'm happy I got to share curry with you. The first pure, actual, good, wholesome, because you're a friend who I love. Very cute. Are we going to get a whole episode where nothing horrible is ha- horrifying and awful has happened? Unless you count uh, Ringo absolutely like going full Yandere mode again. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but I don't because it was so mild comparatively. <laughs> oh, I'm sure she's going to murder that woman in four episodes from now. Himari says it's been so long since they've had company. 
So you're welcome here anytime. Come here again if you don't have anyone to share with. Oh, Amari's the sweetest. Amari just found this girl and went, can I adopt her? (laughs) And Ringo is genuinely touched by this. It's very sweet. Kamba asks, hey, Ringo, did you have an important task, a plan for today? As he continues on his, this is some James Bond shit angle. What an obviously not weird thing to ask. Great moves, operator. (laughs) Yeah, he's uh, being totally subtle. Uh, Penguin One finally frees himself from the glue trap. Uh, Shoma is having the exact same reaction we did. And Ringo just fully admits, eh, yeah, it didn't go as planned, but today worked out fine. Since everything went as was written. Giving the boys their first actual clue as to what the Penguin Drum might be, if it is indeed her diary. Yes, uh, that's the most important thing. Yep, the most important thing is to execute the fate already written down. That's why I exist. It's my important mission. She is traveling home by train with a little pot next to her again, and she texts her mother to say she had curry with friends tonight. It's been a while since I ate curry with others, but it tastes best with family. And then she decides to backtrack on that. Curry definitely tastes the best at home, she says. She takes her diary out from under the hoodie, and we see what's written in it. I went to Dabuki's home and ate my homemade curry together. Tabuki smiled like a child. I saw a cat that made an evil look on the way home. It was scary. This was written in advance. And she uses her little Destiny Peach stamp again. Yep. And says the word destiny. Devour me courageously. Oh, I get it. Like curry. Yep. What did you think it was going to be? No, I just thought it was the word courageous. I didn't think there was a pun there. (laughs) Oh, I just realized the pun. Uh, Oh! Perfect. Great. No notes. So. That was episode three in the Wild How do you guys feel? Because personally, I think this is. We finally have the three episodes in. We have an episode of Penguin Drum that doesn't have any obvious. Terrible sex pest crimes. I mean, it's or, it is slightly less cursed than previous episodes. And also, I've got to admit that, like, it managed to make Ringo terrifying and then make her an actual person very quickly. She's kind of likable. She's she's like it's just sort of like, oh, you're just kind of sad, aren't you? Look, whom's among us? has not been a teenage girl and been a little insane about it. Like, not to the degree that what she is doing, but like, I don't know. I had crushes as a teen that made me feel a little insane. So, yeah. I would never do anything like this, obviously. But like, you know, the heightened emotions. Your brain ain't baked yet. No. So, by the way, the ending sequence continues to be the best part of the show. Extremely cute. Yep. Just showing off how Himari's fate would have gone if she weren't terminally ill, I assume. I can't help but, like, every time I see this ending, it reminds me of Perfect Blue. Oh, I can see that. Specifically the the whole, like, idols and kind of the practice room feel gives me huge Perfect Blue vibes. Yeah, I can see that. Anyway, next time. We get the two genders, girl penguin and boy penguin. Uh, the boy penguin is holding its flippers over itself, so you know it's a boy for the toilet side. No, uh, it's the the red penguin has a blue bow. bow, and that's how you know it's the girl penguin. I see. Sexual dimorphism. Fascinating. 
Oh, and it, the the red penguin also has little eyelashes. That's how you know it's a girl. Oh, so, yeah, that it does. Her fate is written here is our cue for the next episode. Then what we're trying to do is... Dot, dot, dot. Let's initiate the survival strategy. Burp. We get another drawing by Lily Hoshino of Himari, and she's in her Triple H uniform, and she's got the microphone connected with the red string of fate. Which is adorable. It's very cute. So yeah, that's the episode. I like this one. Like, no reservations. This one was pretty great. Mm-hmm. It's got some good... The psych gags here are not quite as great, but they're still there, and I still like them. Yeah. It kind of makes me want to go back to Utena and be like, are there psych gags in Utena that I have missed? Oh, definitely. I mean, because like the psych gags in Utena felt like they were more like, I'm fucking with you with a random rose. And the psych gags in like the other shows he did that aren't Sailor Moon are more like, I'm putting a hilarious, like, Calvin and Hobbes gag into the background of this conversation. Well, what you need to understand more, about... What you need to understand about Utena is that as Ikuhara's first in like independent anime project, it was very serious business. And even though like there are a lot of things that are extremely funny in Utena, like you don't see as much like like for example in future series he's very clearly willing to wear his like referencing other media on the, his sleeve, but he's very cagey about that in Utena. And like, so y- I think that in later series, that sort of stuff kind of comes out a little more, but like, you really want to, you know, you want to try to nail it with your first project. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, it's not like he doesn't do it at all, right? Of course. Like, again, like the fucking roses everywhere. Choo-choo, just choo-choo's whole thing. It's definitely, it's it's there. It's just interesting to me how it developed from a, I'm sending you David Lynch messages to um, just literally Calvin Hobbes gags. <laughs> yeah. And yet, also at the same time, a bunch of the Calvin Hobbes gags have, you can read them as symbolically, right? Sure. Like, I'm, I, I can't help but read, I can't help but remember certain aspects of these episodes based entirely off those gags. Like, I think the last episode with the when they go to this sort of the lingerie store is not only funnier because of the fucking penguins, <laughs> but also like the I find that the penguins dumb gags kind of end up mirroring what's going on with the boys to an extent. Yeah, they're sort of like XP Over, overly literal. the boys' feelings. Yeah, they're kind of overly literals, over overly over literalizations. I don't know what the fuck to call it. Alice, uh, what's going on there? What you know? What it's like? I'm gonna hate this. What they're like demons from his dark oh dark my God, you're right. Yeah, I was expecting something much more cursed than this. But no, yes, you're correct. No, they're just they're they're like demons. They uh, from his dark materials. They. Uh, express the internal feelings, it, like the base feelings and emotions yeah. that the boys are feeling. Yeah, basically. 
They're yeah. a, little, a little familiars. I, I, I like, I'm liking the penguins. Continue to like the penguins. I'm a penguin supporter. They are very cute. They are perfectly designed. I M H O. As for the boys themselves, they don't get a lot of. I don't. I feel like we're kind of retreading some ground here. I don't know is... that they have entirely endeared themselves to us yet. Shoma, I, I like Shoma because he's. He's really just, I mean, I joke about it, but he really is just Tomoe again. Yeah, I mean, and I'm he, never going to not like him a little bit. He has a lot of that, like, boyish innocence. I mean, the Toboy, the Toboyness is what got me to like uh, Mickey. So, like, it can make me like anybody. <laughs> By the way, just so you know, everyone knows, this is some deep lore. My initial liking of Mickey was entirely based on the fact that he reminded me of Toboy. You never told me that until just now. I didn't know that would mean anything to you. That, I guess, is fair. Cass, how are you feeling? Uh, I am feeling incredibly... How do I put it this? I have gone from... I dread the next episode of Penguin Drum and what people <laughs> are going to put on me to... I tepidly anticipate the new episode of Penguin Drum <laughs> and what Ikuhara will inflict on me. Um, this, this, this was by far the episode of Penguin Drum I enjoyed watching most on every conceivable level, and I enjoyed it a lot. I'm glad that we all enjoyed this episode. Do we have any final thoughts? I will say that, and this is not a dig, and I don't want people to read it as a dig, in a weird way, this might be one of the safest episodes of Ikuhara of anime, directed anime I've ever watched. Well, I think that part of that is probably because one of the things I think about this series is that, is that it maybe has too many episodes. So, like, you don't have to make sure that every episode is kind of filled to the brim with everything you're trying to do. I guess when you end an episode on she made a her a little like living space under his fucking house <laughs> that you can kind of just like take an episode off. <laughs> so like uh, that's fair. It's not a dig, like genuinely. I just kind of like had this realization of like, huh, this is the least p- controversial thing I've ever seen Ukahara direct. <laughs> the point where I almost wonder if he did. Uh well I he did not direct this episode, but he's like the series director. I don't he only actually directs let's see he directs thirteen of the twenty-four episodes and over half of those, I would say even two thirds of those are uh co-directing, not just uh direct. Oh wait, no, yeah. I was reading the wrong part of the table. I was looking at storyboarders. Let's see. Does he actually direct any of the episodes? I don't know that he does, but he did do storyboarding. Oh, okay. I thought that he had, was directing at least half of these, if not more. So that's, that's interesting. He co-directs the very last episode of the show, but he was the main, he was the primary storyboarder for episodes one, five, and then he co-storyboarded uh, the rest of the episodes and he's on with other people. That's interesting, actually. I'm going to be real. I love seeing how stuff works. I love seeing the sausage be made uh, metaphorically, not literally, because <laughs> literally it distresses me. But metaphorically, I like seeing how things kind of come together. Yeah. I'm always interested in who did what mundane thing in the process of doing X. 
Yeah. But yeah, that that's it's this is a good one. It's, it's um I'm really curious about what next fucked up thing will happen. Cass, do you have any final thoughts? Uh yes. Do you want to share them with me? Penguin drum is neat. <laughs> uh honestly, my my thoughts are a little bit my thoughts on penguin drum are going to take some time to marinate like curry. Curry requires that all the ingredients be put into place and simmered together in a pot and bound together by delicious, delicious curry roux, and then it is served over rice. And thus, my overall thoughts on this series will have to do the same, I think, because... Yeah, I mean, I know we are just reacting episode by episode, so, like, a lot of this stuff, you're going to have more thoughts about as we get further in, but... That's kind of my my feeling, is, like, I, I could say some stuff right now, but it would be really uninteresting. It would be just like, wow... The penguins sure do uh, act out the emotions of the characters, but we already said that. <laughs> wow, Ringo sure do seem to have some misplaced mommy issues. Yeah. But as with every Ikuhara show, the real payoff for all of this stuff will come later. Yeah. Yep. And as tired as I am, that is the most I can think right now. <laughs> I mean, that's fine. Yeah, I like this episode. I'm excited to see where the next episode takes us so listeners if you would like to follow us on twitter you can do that at utsunaycast if you'd like to follow me on twitter you can do that at impandanata alice where can people find you online um they can find me on twitter at lyrewolf which is l-y-r-e-w-u-l-f which i'm trying to be there less but i interact with people who uh listen to the show anytime that they want to so like you ever have a question or want to ask me something about specific or just even send me a meme i'm good with that so that will not be involved with me trying to desperately to escape twitter (laughs) i'm also i i'm also technically on um i've talked about this a little bit but i do actually have an instagram and i'm gonna start trying to use it more to document my model kind of model hobbying stuff so i can you can find me on there as alice rourke r-o-a-r-k-e I've got some pic- pictures up there already, but um, Check I've out got some Alice's Warhammer 40k models. Yeah, I've got some projects that are coming up that I think are will be fun and characterful, and I plan to do a lot of pictures showing sort of the how I do stuff, which will be fun. I hope. And Cass, what would you like to plug? Hey, kids! Does this podcast sound good? But you would rather it be about giant robots. <laughs> Well, I can't do that for you because we only have two-thirds of the team actually recording. Uh, but Alice and I do have a podcast together called Big Steppy that you can find out there on the internet where we talk about real robots, cool robots, and real cool robots. You can find it anywhere fine podcasts are sold. And you can also find the show's official Twitter account at SteppyCast. New episodes coming soon. Yes, they are. Uh, Panda has just finished editing one of our more recent episodes, and Alice and I are working on the script for a new one as we finally and painfully decide maybe trying to do a full wash through of Gundam Wing was a bad idea. (laughs) And uh, if you would like to get in contact with us, you can email us at imagineandutenut at gmail.com in addition to using the Twitter page. And if you would like to come on this show or uh, any any version of this show, you can get in contact with us through the Google form that is in our pinned tweet 
And if you would like to support this show, you could do that at utanacast.com for as little as $1 a month. And that's it. I think that's all the things that I'm going to say today. So uh, on three, we will survival tactic or on one because I'm going to count down from three. Three, two, one. Survival Survival tactics. Tactics. I can't do the timing right ever.